Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Are you more focused on your macros than your micros? The important thing is you need both to optimize your running performance. So today we talk about the vitamins and minerals, which are key, especially as they help us to metabolize the all important protein and carbohydrate content of our food. So if you want to maximize your nutritional status, please join us today. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen as always and today our topic for discussion focuses on the micro needs of a runner so in other words the vitamin and mineral needs of a runner Uh, but before we get started I'd just like to welcome back our regular listeners it's great to have you with us and also if you're listening for the first very first time a warm welcome to you too and we really hope that you enjoyed this episode and get an opportunity to check out some of the episodes that we've done in the past and enjoy all the ones to follow. Um, Karen and I really enjoy podcasting, but we love it even more when we hear from you. And uh, we love it when uh, we get emails or messages on social media. So please drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Introduce yourself, share a little bit about your running and nutrition goals. And it really helps us uh, plan future topics for the podcast. Uh, we also have some downloadable uh, ebooks at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. If you look at the top menu bar on the website, you'll see free nutrition guides and you'll find uh, the various different free guides there. So the most popular one we find is top running snacks and nutrient timing. And that's really to help you fuel your running. And it goes alongside uh, much of the advice we share in our episode. So it's a really great companion guide. So let's get started, Karen. Hello. How are Hello. you today? I'm good, thank you. Yes. Excellent. So let's get started. And I'm just going to ask you to introduce the subject and uh, talk about what we're going to chat about today. 
Yes, of course, Aileen. And hi, everybody. Lovely to be here again. So um, as you said already, Aileen, today we're going to be talking about the micro needs of a runner. So what we'll do is we'll begin by outlining the role of micronutrients in running performance. We'll then move on and discuss some of the principal micronutrients required by a runner. And then what we'll do is finish by highlighting some foods uh, to help everybody put the knowledge that they're going to gain into practice so that's the outline great that's wonderful Karen so why did you think it was important to talk about this subject today well actually the main reason I chose this uh, topic today is because I think generally speaking um I think that runners tend to put um, a lot of focus on macronutrient intake but less focus um, on their micronutrient intake. In fact, I think that some people probably micromanage their macronutrient intake, especially their protein and their carbohydrate needs, but possibly to the detriment of their vitamin and their mineral requirements. Uh, Now, micronutrients play an important role in running performance. And in fact, we need certain micronutrients for the metabolism of the macronutrients. So, you know, the micronutrients are important for the macronutrients. So bear that in mind, everyone. But they're also important for so much more. So I do think if you're a runner who tends to neglect your micronutrient intake, then listen in because hopefully the information that we will share will uh, you'll find really enlightening, but also useful going forward for your run training. Yeah, that that's going to be really interesting, Karen. And I do agree with you. Um, I think when when I'm chatting to runners, both friends who run and also clients, everybody's really uh, so so focused on protein and carbohydrate intake, and that that that's the the questions that they have and the things that they want recommendations for. Um, but very rarely does anybody ask me about the vitamin and mineral needs. So I think it is really important, and I'm sure you know everybody knows what the macronutrients are. Um, but Karen, I think it might be a good idea just to start by describing what my, my micronutrients are. Yeah, sure, Aileen. So, so basically, micronutrients, as we mentioned, are vitamins and minerals, and they're found in a variety of different foods, and they're needed by the body, but in small amounts, and, and in some cases, with some vitamins and minerals, very small amounts. But although the need um, is in small amounts, the impact on the body's health is critical, and deficiency really in any of them could cause illness, Um, and acute or chronic health conditions. Now, although a true micronutrient deficiency could cause visible and potentially critical health conditions, micronutrient insufficiency might lead to less clinically notable um, 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 conditions, but still debilitating symptoms, including the likes of low energy, lethargy, and also poor mental clarity. So they are really vital. Yeah. And I like the way that you've distinguished between deficiency and insufficiency. Mm. Um, and that's, I guess there's a fine line uh, for that for most people. Um, but but thanks for de- making that definition for us, Karen. So um I suppose the next question is, uh, why is an adequate or in fact an optimal intake of micronutrients so important to a runner? 
Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the micronutrients are important for the metabolism of the macronutrients. So in in other words, the, the metabolism of the proteins, the fats and the carbohydrates. Now, I'm sure most people know what I mean by metabolism, but again, just as a as a refresher, you know, metabolism really is the chemical processes that break down the macronutrients into substances that can can then be utilized by the body. Now, as we have discussed many times before in sport, carbohydrates uh, need to be metabolized to glucose for energy and protein needs to be metabolized into amino acids, principally for muscle protein synthesis, muscle repair and muscle remodeling, but may also be used for energy in certain circumstances. Likewise with fats, you know, they too are metabolized and utilized as an energy source but they are 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 not really as as um uh, as efficient a source of energy as as um carbohydrates so if we're deficient in any of the key micronutrients macronutrient metabolism will be affected too and subsequently our running performance will suffer Okay, so you're not going to get the best out of your protein and your carbohydrate and your fat without micronutrients. So that mm-hmm. they've got a very important role. Uh, and are there any other roles that these micronutrients are key for when we're thinking about running performance, Karen? Yes, well, actually, during um, running or any exercise or sport, really, as well as the metabolism of the the macronutrients, as we've just mentioned, the micronutrients are principally involved in the muscle contraction cycle and also the um, the transport of oxygen to the, the the muscle cells. But also during exercise, there is an increased demand for the micronutrients. And that's principally due to increased energy demands, which makes sense, and increased demand for um, micros from the exercising tissue. So I'm thinking there of the working muscles, uh, but also an increased loss of the micronutrients through sweating, through urine potentially as well, and also through feces. So, um, so, so there's various reasons why an optimal intake may be important for micronutrients. Yeah, so what what you're suggesting, Karen, is that due to an increased demand or needs need for micronutrients in run training, coupled with potentially a sub up sub optimal intake of micronutrients either through the diet or supplementation that's the the sort of components that could lead to this insufficiency that we were talking to and you know potentially to a deficiency if it wasn't addressed Um, and as you said that you know that's going to impair running performance but general health overall yeah, absolutely, Aileen. And um, interestingly, you know, you you mentioned the potential need for micronutrient supplementation, um, and the um, American College of Sports Nutrition and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics of Canada they published a joint statement on micronutrient supplementation, and what they were doing there was recommending that it might be required, and this is might, you know, food comes first, but it might be required in certain athletes. So, for example, if an athlete restricts their energy intake, um, although 
there, I have to say, I do think the first course of action would be to address the low energy availability issue rather than just giving them supplements. But for some athletes, you know, making weight for the sport is really important. And that includes some runners, actually. So during this phase, as long as it's it's sort of just a phase, then supplementation might be required. But also um, for athletes or runners who remove food groups for their diet. So, for example, I'm thinking about vegans and vegetarians, but also potentially people who are following a raw diet or um, a keto or paleo style diet as well. And um, and also people um, who follow. And again, these are potential um, um, possibilities. Those who follow a time restricted eating style diet as well. And and the other um, athlete that might that might require supplementation is the one who consumes a high carb diet without any consideration for other important nutrients. So as we said in the beginning, you know runners can become fixated by their carb intake and possibly their protein intake as well to the detriment of their micronutrient intake. So those are, are key athletes that might need supplementation. Yeah, and that's why we're always so um, focused on recommending a balanced plate so that you do get all of those um, essential nutrients. Um, but Karen, just before we move on, I, I think it's important to mention that, you know, not every runner would be at risk of a, a micronutrient uh, insufficiency or deficiency, uh, especially if they are following a healthy, balanced everyday food plan and, the, you know, the, the everyday food plan plate that we were talking about there so I'm just wondering if you, if you've got any thoughts on on that yeah no I totally agree with what you're saying Aileen I think beginner runners and runners maybe completing short distances only are at much less less risk of developing a micronutrient insufficiency or a deficiency but like you say as long as they are following a healthy and balanced diet including lots of vegetables and, and clearly some fruits as well it's more the endurance runners uh, and cyclists and triathletes as well that are most at risk. And this is thought to be due to various reasons, including generally a lower energy intake, be it a conscious or unconscious decision to, to have a low energy intake. Also, that longer exercise duration and that increased sweat rate, maybe because of of where they are um, exercising and clearly how long they're, um, they're exercising for and the time of year. Now, there was a study that reported that 51% of endurance runners regularly consume a vitamin and mineral supplement really to help counteract that potential for deficiency. So it's quite a high number. Yeah, and I think, you know, as you were saying, Karen, you know, when you follow an everyday food plan, you, you know, you, you're getting what, what you would need for an everyday life, but it's when you add in endurance exercise that your body's asking for more. And, uh, and that's the reason why, um, uh, you've got to fine tune your food plan and, and potentially your supplement plan too. Mm. So, um, just moving on from that, Karen, I, I, I just wondered if there was any female factors to talk about did the study that you mentioned have any data on females and, and micronutrient intake 
Yeah, well, actually, that study did go on to say that older athletes, now this is both male and female um, athletes, are more likely to take a micronutrient supplement than their younger counterparts. And that appears to be due to, and I quote from the study, the various challenges that occur with ageing and recovery. Now, this study suggested that the prevalence of supplement use among female athletes was similar to males. However, the reasons for supplementing tended to be different. Females tend apparently to introduce supplementation to support their bone health and to increase energy. However, I have to say the study didn't elaborate on the reasons why males um, might take supplementation. So uh, I can't enlighten you there, but but sort of that bone health and that energy increase are the main reasons for women taking micronutrient supplements. Okay, that's interesting. So, so, so far we've established that micronutrients are, are important for a runner for many reasons, including their general health, but also for energy, for oxygen transport, for metabolism and utilization of macronutrients, especially protein and carbohydrates. Now, we've been talking about micronutrients in general terms so far, um, but potentially some micronutrients are more important for a runner than others, uh, specifically when we're thinking about performance. So the ones that are coming to my mind, Karen, are calcium and magnesium, which are needed for muscle contraction. Uh, the, all the B vitamins, so B vitamin complex, um, which would include, you know, the whole range of B vitamins, vitamin C, iron and magnesium, uh, which are required for the metabolism of the macronutrients to produce energy. And also iron, uh, which is required for the transport of oxygen to cells for energy production. So before we get into, um, you know, well, let's get into the detail, but I, I think we're probably not going to be able to cover them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but shall we just see how we how we go time wise, Karen? So shall we start with calcium and magnesium and, and what your thoughts are about the requirement for muscle contraction? Yes, sure. So so the muscle contraction cycle um, or the sliding filament theory, as it's also known by, that is actually triggered by calcium, but it also requires ATP, so that adenosine triphosphate, otherwise known as our energy currency that is within our cells. And we've spoken about this in the past, so hopefully everybody will understand what we're speaking about. So it's the it's the calcium and ATP that are needed to, to trigger the, the muscle contraction cycle. Now, once contraction occurs, it will continue for as long as calcium and ATP are available. However, if calcium or ATP actually um, availability is insufficient or deficient, then the contraction cycle slows and muscles then become fatigued and they become fatigued really quickly. So then looking at magnesium, it, on the other hand, is required for muscle relaxation. And it does this by blocking calcium, therefore stopping that muscle contraction and moving it into the relaxation phase. Now, again, if magnesium magnesium availability is insufficient or deficient, then muscles might contract too much. Now, that is known to cause symptoms, including cramping, muscle spasms, and also um, restless legs. Now, restless legs tend to occur at night. However, the likes of muscle cramping and muscle spasms 
spasms could actually occur during exercise and this could impact on performance. So um, so a, a balance of both calcium and magnesium as well as the ATP is going to be important for that uh, muscle contraction cycle. Yeah. And, you know, I think everybody's probably experienced cramping at some point and it's really horrible, isn't it? So getting your magnesium and calcium balance is, is going to be really important. And, and all of that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? When, when you've explained mm. it in, in those simple terms. Um, another thing about magnesium is that it is directly involved in the energy production cycle too. And Karen, you mentioned ATP when you were talking about that muscle contraction cycle. Well, in order for ATP to become sort of active energy, it needs to be bound to magnesium. So that's another reason um, to make sure that you've got optimal magnesium, because if it isn't available, uh, then our energy currency will also be unavailable and muscles will fatigue, leading to compromised running performance. So magnesium is one of those um, minerals that is used in lots and lots of different biological processes in the body. So it's really important that we have an optimal amount. Yeah, definitely. And it it, it can become sort of uh, depleted quite easily as well. Okay, so let's have a look at the B vitamin complex. Now, all the B vitamins work in synergy and uh, many of them are involved in the energy production cycle. But here, I just want to focus on the ones that stand out and have been discussed in research for their importance in athletic performance. So here I'm thinking specifically of folate, which is also known as vitamin B9, but also vitamin B6 and vitamin B12. Now, folate functions as a coenzyme or a cofactor in um, reactions that leads to the synthesis of red blood cells, but it's also involved in um, amino acid metabolism. So that protein going into amino acids and then the the, the metabolism of the, the amino acids to be utilised generally back into um, proteins again to be used by muscles. Whilst vitamin B6 in its active form um, activates the rate-limiting step of glycogen breakdown. So basically, because it is a rate it is rate limiting. If there is low B6 availability, then low energy availability will pursue from that. Now, additionally, B6 also serves as a cofactor in the metabolism of protein and its building blocks, so those amino acids that I've just mentioned. And then looking at B12, like folate, it is involved in the production of red blood cells, but it is also really important in the recycling of folate. So if there is low B12, then it could potentially result in reduced um, functions linked to folate, including that red blood cell production. So potentially both a folate and a B12 um, deficiency could lead to the development of anemia. So as you can see, they work together, they work to syn in synergy um, and they, they, they um, promote um, similar um, uh, roles in in um, health and in illness if they're if they're de uh, depleted. 
Yeah, they are really important. And I think, as you said, Karen, the the three the three B vitamins that you talked about there are really important for the utilisation of energy, the metabolism of protein and amino acids and the maintenance of red blood cells and also the regeneration of muscle tissue, which is linked to, to their pro, their their role with protein and amino acid metabolism. So very, very important that they are um, optimal. So um, the next one to have a quick look at, Karen, is vitamin C. And um, we'll, you know, as we've mentioned before, the vitamin C is really important for the metabolism of macronutrients to produce energy. Um, But as we know, vitamin C has other functions in supporting running performance. For example, Vitamin C has got a really important role within the immune system. I always think vitamin C is one of those nutrients everybody takes for granted. It's sort of, Mm -hmm. but it's so important. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's important for the production and modulation of the immune cells, and it really will help protect the body from invading pathogens. Um, It also helps prevent the development of chronic diseases and and supports the immune system in responding quickly when we've um, maybe got the onset of an acute illness or infection. So having optimal uh, vitamin C, uh, you know, is potentially beneficial for a runner, especially an endurance runner, uh, due to the intensity of training that an endurance runner may be undertaking, uh, and that potentially might result in the immune system raising inflammation. Now, the other important role vitamin C has is in uh, supporting collagen formation. So it's a building block um, for the formation of collagen. And collagen is a protein and it's a vital component of skin, of bones, of cartilage and connective tissue, as well as um, other parts of the body. So, again, it's really important for a runner to look after our bones and our joints and, and all of the tissues and, and having optimal vitamin C will also help us in supporting um, healing of injuries. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's a, another really important one and not one to be underplayed, really. Yeah, I agree with that, Aileen. I think what you've said already kind of highlights how it can be um, indirect or direct support for that um, running performance. And another, I think, indirect um, role that plays in in running performance is its um, use as an antioxidant and it is a powerful antioxidant so it's able to mop up free radicals which which cause oxidative stress and inflammation in the body now our natural bodily processes of metabolism of energy production and detoxification lead to um, oxidative stress occurring and to the production of molecules called free radicals as a result. Now, our bodies need to neutralize these free radicals to prevent them causing damage within any of the body cells. And to do that, we need antioxidants and vitamin C can perform that role. You know, there are other nutrients that have antioxidant properties as well, but vitamin C is a key one. And, um, We've talked about oxidative stress often in previous episodes, and um, so I'm sure everyone will know that endurance running is likely to create oxidative stress just naturally um, due to all these processes that are going on. So having a food plan that's naturally rich in antioxidants, including vitamin C, 
is really um, supportive or can be really supportive. So, um, so, so those I think, Aileen, would be the key um, ones and uh, nutrients that we would speak about um, today. And as we know, like I've said earlier, all the micronutrients are important for general health. But when we're thinking of running performance, the ones that are really important to include are the, the magnesium, the calcium, vitamin B complex and vitamin C that we, we've spoken about. Now, of course, iron is also very important for a runner, but we just don't have time to discuss that today. So I would really recommend that everybody maybe go back and listen to episode 25, Iron Woman, um, where we discuss iron in a lot of detail. And in fact, we have we also have episodes dedicated to calcium, magnesium and vitamin C. So there's lots of information there in our back catalogue if you want to focus on any of these particular nutrients. Now, I would also um, like to say that the, the list of micronutrients for sport performance that we've discussed today, it isn't exhaustive. You know, all of them, all the micronutrients will play a role in some way, large or small, directly or indirectly. So an optimal intake of all the micronutrients through your food plan would be highly recommended. So we're just sort of picking out a, a few prominent ones. So Aileen, I think actually this might be a good time to have an advert break before we move on. So I'm going to hand over to you. Okay, thanks, Karen. So this is a part of the episode where Karen and I just take a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And today, what we'd like to share with you is our one-to-one -one personalized nutrition services. Um, and that's really because we, we're talking about micronutrients insufficiency or deficiency and how that might impact on your health and running performance significantly. And um you know, you often you need a personalized approach to resolving these concerns because it is different for everyone and um, a personalized care plan would be really important. So it just seemed the right moment to um, talk to you about the, the services here. So it's a service for you if you want some focused and personalized advice and support to help you achieve your health and running goals. And we do have three programs to choose from. Um, and uh, if you look at our website, runnershealthhub.com, check the work with us tab, you'll find um, the tab about personalized nutrition and you can have a look at the different programs. They do follow a, a similar format, but one is more performance related. There's another one which focuses on injury healing. And there's another one that helps you if you've got particular health conditions or concerns that you're trying to overcome alongside your running or, or manage alongside your running. Uh, so there's something for everyone and we can tailor them to your individual uh, situations. And I've, I'm just sharing very briefly, I've had a personal situation recently where I discovered that I had uh, a lot of micronutrient insufficiencies as a result of a viral illness that I had. Um, so and I can, I'm testament to how correcting those has really turned mm. my uh, energy and performance around. Um, so anyway, if you are interested in um, any of the one to one nutrition plans, the first step is to book a complimentary call with us. That way we can find out a little bit about more about you and your goals and we can suggest the best way of working with us so that you can get uh, the results that you desire. And there is a, a 
a booking link to book that complimentary call on the work with us page. So uh, don't hesitate to, to book a complimentary call and uh, we'll look forward to having a chat with you. Great. Thanks for that, Aileen. Okay, so now let's move on and highlight some foods that you could introduce to help you put all this knowledge that you've gained into practice. So let's first think about calcium and magnesium. Now, there are actually several foods that contain both calcium and magnesium. So an easy way of increasing your intake of both um, at one at one time. So choosing foods such as leafy vegetables. So um, thinking about broccoli, um, kale, Swiss chard, spinach, rocket, introducing all these green vegetables and leafy vegetables will um, it help increase your intake of calcium and magnesium. Also nuts and seeds, especially sesame seeds and almonds, but also fortified foods. There are certain foods out there that are fortified in different nutrients and um, some foods will be um, fortified with magnesium and calcium. Now, for additional calcium, but not with the with not so much um, maybe the magnesium, you could include uh, legumes. So that includes beans, peas, pulses. And of course, you will get um, calcium from dairy, as most people are aware. And for additional magnesium, you could um, think about including the whole grain. So, for example, oats and buckwheat, they are the, the, the best sources of magnesium and maybe a little bit of dark chocolate on the side as well. But just limiting your your intake of the of the dark chocolate. So so those are some easy ways, actually, of getting both um, calcium and magnesium into your diet. Aileen, could you maybe mention some foods um, that you would recommend that are good sources for the, the vitamin B complex? So all of the vitamin Bs. Yeah, well, some of them actually overlap with magnesium and calcium. So they're, they're sort of everyday foods. Um, so, you know, Karen mentioned the leafy vegetables. Um, leafy vegetables tend to be high in folate. So that would be a good way of, of getting that in. Um, legumes are another good source of B vitamins. Um, you'll particularly get vitamin B12 and B6 in fish, meat, poultry and organ meats. Um, now, if you're a vegetarian, um, you need to focus on getting your B12 from probably some eggs and some dairy. Um, if you're a vegan, you might need to think of potentially supplementing um, or looking for fortified foods. Um, you know, often uh, certain uh, vegan prepared foods are fortified with uh B12 or, or folate. Um, so there's, um, you know, there's a good range of foods that come that include the B vitamins. Um, so it's really important that you just eat as wide a range as possible. Um, mm. And that will make sure that you, you're getting all of the B vitamins. And, uh, you know, from time to time, you may need to be tested and supplement if, if, the, if there's particular signs and symptoms showing up that might mean that you've got a, a deficiency. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Aileen. Okay, so let's um, have a, a quick look at some foods containing good quantities of vitamin C as well. So some of the best sources um, of vitamin C include foods such as the citrus fruits, which everybody knows about. So orange, grapefruit, lemon, lime, but also you get vitamin C in berries. So thinking about black currants and strawberries, tropical fruits such as kiwi fruit, papaya, pineapple, 
mango, as well as guava, cantaloupe, melon as well. So lots of different fruits that contain um, vitamin C, but also um, the green leafy veg again. So you can get your 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 calcium your um you get all of them in leafy greens actually so start adding leafy greens i think that would be an easy thing to 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 adopt um from here but but thinking like i say specifically about vitamin c so the green leafy vegetables but also the cruciferous vegetables so again thinking of broccoli kale parsley brussels sprouts spinach and also watercress and red and green peppers are very good sources of um, vitamin C, as are tomatoes, and you will also find some in offal. So that's the organ meats such as liver and and kidney. Um, what I would just add here is that you know we know that fruits and vegetables are best eaten raw, really, when thinking about their the vitamin C content because that can really maximise that nutrient value. Because quite often the preparation, the cooking, and that exposure to oxygen oxygen can reduce the vitamin c content by up to about 25 percent. so that's a quarter of it that's going to be removed and that's that's i think is quite a significant amount so just be mindful of um how you how you eat and prepare your your um your vegetables yeah and if you don't want to eat them raw just lightly steamed is a, another way that might help you mm. so lots of opportunities to get vitamin c in your everyday food plan especially if you uh, you know eat that rainbow of colorful fruit and vegetables all of the ones that karen's just mentioned and also our easy way of making sure that you're getting the right amount is to have half a plate of vegetables or salads at each meal and if you do that, that'll equate to between seven to nine portions. So it's quite a high quantity, but it's easily achievable. Um, and we'd also recommend two portions of fruit a day and, um, you know, getting lots of variety over the course of a week is going to really help you. So, Karen, um, just um, as we round up, I wondered if you had any hints and tips or even action points that everyone could go away with today to help them consume sufficient amounts of the new, these nutrients that we've been talking about. Mm. Yeah, well, actually, I think an action point that uh, I've just mentioned that would be very easy to do is just uh, think about introducing green leafy vegetables into your diet on a daily basis. You know, it doesn't have to be at every meal, but just introducing it at least at one meal per day and and maybe, again, varying the green leafy vegetables. We've given you lots of ideas. So just um, having different leafy veg um, each day. But some other um, ideas include um, just keeping your, your diet uh, varied. As Ron, as I do think many of us tend to have a repetitive diet, really because it works, we find it works, so we just keep repeating it. But it could mean that we are missing out on some important nutrients. Um, and also just thinking about eating outside the, the box. So I'm thinking here of just feeling free to introduce any of the key foods into any meal. So for example, maybe having vegetables at breakfast time or having oats in the middle of the day or um, as an afternoon snack, because I do think we tend to reserve certain foods for certain meal times. 
But why? You know, it, it is a big question. Why do we do that? And if it works for you and helps you to increase your intake of nutrients, then I would say go for it. You know, have chicken for breakfast if that's what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, you know, do what is right for you. Um, you don't have to stick to the social norms at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also add it's, it, you know, thinking about the variety is to try out some different recipes. So look in recipe books or Google them to find easy recipes to use some of the foods that we've talked about today. Um, and don't forget our Tuesday recipes too. If you're, if you're on our mailing list, Karen sends you a recipe every Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've been following us for a while, you've probably got quite a repertoire. Uh, if you're not on our mailing list, it's very easy uh, to join. You just need to go to our website and um, and look for, um, you know, how you can opt in to our mailing list. And um, or if you download one of our ebooks, again, that just gets you onto our mailing list. So just pop your email into the form and uh, and we'll do the rest. And we look forward to keeping in touch with you uh, with recipes and other things that we share every week. So uh, this, we, we try to send something different most days. Mm. OK, Karen, so um, that rounds up, really. So um, before we we finish, I wondered if you would give us the key takeaways from from this episode. Yeah, sure, Aileen. So I would just start by saying again that micronutrients do play an important role in general health, but also in our running performance. However, I do think that their intake is often neglected by runners and athletes generally. Now, regarding sports performance, their roles include uh, muscle contraction cycle, oxygen transport and also the metabolism of the macronutrients so those proteins fats and carbohydrates now although a food first approach is always recommended and it's what we recommend certain individuals might require nutritional supplementation so for example if um, someone is restricting their energy intake they're removing food groups from their diet for any reason for example vegetarians and vegans as we mentioned or if if there's a, a runner or an athlete who consumes a high carb diet without considering Um, the other important nutrients and those macronutrients. Now, all macronutrients are essential for sports performance, whether it be a direct or an indirect role they play. However, some have um, been the focus of quite a lot of research, including magnesium and calcium, the vitamin B complex and the vitamin C that we've spoken about today. Now, this list is by no means exhaustive, but all are really important for the, what I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, the muscle contraction cycle, also metabolism of the micronutrients and that transportation of oxygen to the muscle cells. And finally, what I would just say here is just to ensure that you are consuming all of these macronutrients in your food plan regularly. Just remember to keep your diet varied. Um, it's a really a simple concept, but as runners, I do think we tend to have um, a repetitive diet and a repetitive food choices. So, um, so those would be my key takeaways, Aileen. Yeah, variety is the spice of life. Indeed, as I say. so many ways. <laughs> 
It is. Well, thanks, Karen. That's been a really interesting conversation. And hopefully uh, now everyone will be able to consider their micronutrient intake as well as the macro intake. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. <music>